another week of keep the kayfabe i'm mike and i'm sitting here with my boys we're ready to talk some wrestling on our 10th episode let's introduce who we're uh, sitting here with tonight up in glendale always keeping it regal steve grobschmidt how are you grabby oh keep the kayfabe don't you dare be sour <laughs> <laughs> now that is a good one i'm digging that for sure and uh rest in peace uh new day i heard they just broke up recently too i'm ready to talk about that true yeah let's get through the intros first before that break up the menstrual show anytime <laughs> and freshly squeezed down in bayview is matt michelson how are you matt i'm a bad bad boy <laughs> dang nice who's that joey janella man my bad yo You're, yeah i'm not that cool i'm not that cool but down in bayview who is really cool oh my god charlie michael is here again with us tonight how are you charlie and you dig it, sucker! Ice, ice. I think everybody in their car probably just like, like gripped the steering wheel real tight who's listening to this podcast and turned on the radio. We were definitely in the red there, but who cares? Yeah, it's okay. You guys can turn it back up to normal volume. It's fine now. But just as fair warning, Charlie will forever be introduced by Joey Styles going forward. Yep. Oh, got one. Big time. I got to take care of my boys who take good care of me. And speaking of uh, t- being taken care of really well, we got a lot of stuff to cover this week. Uh, we're sticking with the Val Venus theme. Our main topic tonight is greatest finishers of all time. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but we're going to start off with a little AEW news. Uh, we saw Cody Rhodes is back in action defending the TNT television title and without a weight belt, and with blonde hair, I mean, we were talking a little bit about, I kind of like the fall color on Cody with not the platinum blonde. And he's kind of going with the brownish slash black and, you know, dropping the title. I thought, you know, he's going to be kind of a, a villainish yeah. in a three piece suit, you know, with the vest and the pocket watch. I was kind of digging it slightly kind of matched his mole on the side of his eye a little bit too. Uh, but we saw him back with blonde hair. And got rid of uh, the Halloween-ish color. Boys, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to make of this. I was, In all honesty, I was a little disappointed they didn't put the belt on Orange Cassidy. I think there's a lot of cool things they could have done with him. I also think he's at a point now where yeah, it's a natural next step for him, right? Like, they built up his character really well. Clearly, he can get it done in the ring. You could do some really funny and amazing stuff with a title on him. At the same time, though... I. I don't know. It's kind of nice being surprised every once in a while. So I'm sure he'll find something different or they've got a different program figured out for him. So I was definitely surprised by this outcome. I wasn't totally happy with it, but if AEW's taught us anything up to this point, I think it's that they've banked enough trust with the audience where I'm sure they'll find something good for Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I think it's like a slow build. I mean, that was an incredible match. I think it was like 20, 25 minutes, half hour almost, right? And wow. It really grabbed my attention throughout the whole thing, but I think they're really building to something good. I think we might see a new TNT uh, champ in orange in the future, but Steve, what did you think of that match? Yeah, you know, first of all, the match was outstanding. I mean, there's no question about that, and I think I was was happy that, I mean, it was a draw, right? So, I mean, Cassidy didn't lose, which is good, but, Mm -hmm. and I think they're going to do a rematch next, like in a week or so, or this week or whatever, but um, I think so. But going back to the Cody thing, I was, yeah, I got to admit, I was like disappointed because I kind of was like, oh, the black hair got, went back to the black hair. That's yeah. cool. That's interesting. He's trying something different. And then a week later, it goes right back to it. And, and what's yeah. the multiple things annoy me. It's like, and I, you know, I am, I, 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 I 
agree with what Matt said. I have patience with AEW. They've certainly gotten more right than wrong. So I th I'm sure they're heading somewhere interesting. But the whole thing, like, I'm sick. Of, like, Cody needs to shed the nightmare family because Stupid. his brother's a legend. He's awesome. But they don't need to be paired up anymore. QT Marshall, I still don't understand what the hell he's doing in it there. And then Brandy just does not... Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. I don't think the Nightmare family adds to his mystique at all. And I feel like uh, Brandy, Brandy, I just can't take seriously. She does way too much smiling and horsing around. And if he's trying to be this badass, just freaking come out with Arn. That's sufficient. You don't need all the other ones with you. And yeah, it's like, I don't know what the point of going black hair when you went right back to blonde was. So that stuff kind of annoyed me. Not enough that I'm like distraught over it, but. Um, what a waste of money. I mean, you paid that money to get such a nice dye job, and now you just go back yeah. to the blonde? I mean, you're just pissing money down the, down the toilet. Well, it's, it's helping the economy. I mean, he went and, you know, I gave guess. business to a hair salon. Hopefully, <laughs> safely. Salon doing COVID. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, got any, you got any opinion, uh, Charlie, on the blonde hair? Uh, yeah, I think the whole – I think he should have just stayed black and – I should have dropped the belt. Um, he, it's, it's not, it's not a good. In my opinion, it's not a good look. He should have dropped it. Um, he, he, he could do so much more with his character being bad. I mean, when he first got out of WWE, when he was doing his first Ring of Honor run, he was like a total heel. Then he, you know, then he went over to New Japan and was hooked up with the Bullet Club, and there was great friction between him and uh, Omega. For the leader of Bullet Club, so his heel stuff was good. He should have, mm -hmm. he should have, I, in my opinion, should have just went heel, dropped yeah. that belt, and um, and went and, and just went heel on it. You know, you, I, I, I think he should have lost. When he had that, didn't he have a short feud with Nick Aldis? Was he, yeah, um, that, was he good or bad in that one? He was, he because that was at um the All In show. He was it's the, like he was, right before he was, AEW, yeah. Yeah, he was the face. The crowd was into him. They, everybody oh, okay. wanted to win. Because the okay. whole deal with that is everybody was into him, and it was a belt that his dad held. So Oh, that's right. Yeah, never mind then. way yeah. over, dude. Yeah, so. He was, yeah, he was, can be a really good heel. Oh, he's a great heel. I mean, he was, I mean, when he first came in Ring of Honor, because were, people were cheering him because he came over, but then he just went total asshole heel, and he did a really good job with it. I think he should have just stayed that stayed that route. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think at that time, wasn't Brandy still his valet? Because like as a heel, yep. I remember her like helping interfere in matches and she did She'd a be great around, job. Yep. She would just turn and smile at the crowd and yep. just hated her. Yep. Oh yeah, they had a good they had a good gimmick going. Yep. They both had a good thing going. Yep. yep. Definitely a missed opportunity. Yep. And somebody who isn't missing any meals is Chris Jericho, as we note many times before, that his bulging uh, belly is uh, doesn't definitely makes him look like he's got 10 cameras on him when they say the camera adds 10 pounds. <laughs> I mean, as you get a little older, you puff up a little bit. No big oh, deal. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. rich. I mean, yeah. we, I mean, whenever we get, you know, comfortable and uh, not in, you know, where we're starving and struggling. Fat happy. It looks, but he's kind of coming back with some abs. He came out and did another nice exchange. I just kind of want to touch on uh, what might be happening with him and MJF. I mean, they've been slowly building this up for the last couple of weeks, so I just wanted yeah. to touch on it with you boys. Um, despite uh, maybe a light six pack on Jericho, what did you think of the MJF um, uh, Chris Jericho exchange? Do you got any ideas? The slow build continues, and it's just, yep. I mean, it's very patient storytelling. It's like part of me is anxious to see what they're going to do, but I also can't fault them for dragging it out a little. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It didn't change anything in my opinion that I think MJF's going to be the poison in the water and, like, break up the uh, inner circle. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a matter of who, you know. Does anybody yep. stick with Jericho, or is they all in him and he goes – baby face i don't know but it's gonna be big it's gonna be big for yeah. sure we just uh it's well, we'll find to out see what angle yeah they got their steak dinner this weekend so uh yeah. or this <laughs> yeah. week and that's unfortunately the only thing coming up on dynamite that i can tell you is actually happening which is crazy right like oh we have this no I, think they, I just i just looked now as you heard earlier they're having the entire first round of the oh. tournament this week too so yeah 
Right. There's your match. There's your matches. Oh no, I there's great matches coming up. Don't get me wrong. Oh. I'm just saying okay. the only segment that has stuck with me mentally is watching Chris Jericho and MJF have a steak dinner together. Of of all the things AEW puts out amazing matches content. It's what they're known for. And then they decide, oh, let's have these two have dinner together. And it's just <laughs> creating a ton of buzz on the internet. I'm even thinking, like, like, I don't have cable and I don't really have any easy ways to watch AEW. But this is definitely a segment I want to look for and watch the moment it's available. Yeah, Come it's on over, funny. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Come on over. We'll wear a mask. We keep a clean shop here at Keep the Kayfabe. <laughs> we, we don't distance, run a sloppy if- shop. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. So, you Charlie, you brought up the um, the tournament. Um, do you, are you looking at any of those matchups right now? Yeah, I, I was looking at. They all look pretty good, actually. In the mm-hmm. first round, they're like yeah. really good. You got like you got Penta and Ray Phoenix, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I wonder um, what they're doing there. Yeah, I know. Oh. Cabana and Hangman, Omega Ooh. and Joey Jello, as um, my boy Cornette call him. <laughs> um, Wardlow and Jungle Boy, which is, should be pretty Woo! good too. Yeah, it's all oh. pretty good. You do realize Wardlow's going to lose that match? Yeah. No, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's I, not. I think, I think so. They got to push a good baby face. Let me see how the bracket. I could tell you if he's going to win or lose by the brackets. Regardless uh, of how Aaron, that match turns out, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be good because – Oh, yeah, he's winning because it'll be pretty good. It'll be Hangman because that bracket's got Cabana and Hangman. And then you know Wardlow, Hangman's going to win. Yeah, but then you got Wardlow and Jungle Boy. So then you're looking at a Hangman versus Jungle Boy? Oh, maybe not. Maybe Wardlow or, will win. Yeah, it's going yeah, well, to be interesting. Yeah, they could, they could afford Jungle Boy to lose. He's young. Mm-hmm. Well, plus they had oh, – Wardlow yeah. put oh, yeah. Jurassic Express over in their last um, – you know, when they had like the MJF Wardlow now. versus yeah. – yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think they're going to kind of – do him a solid and maybe throw old Wardlow yeah. a bone because he's been pretty patient and quiet off camera. It, it, it doesn't matter anyway because you know the finals are going to be Hangman versus and Omega. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. I, you know what? That's I just okay. looked at it. You know, it's funny. I know where I, this I is going. Some, some friends of mine were kind of complaining about that, like how predictable uh, it is. Gonna, Sometimes good, predictable though. is okay. Yeah, that's like, going to be good to see what happens in yeah. the match. And I, I think don't know there's who an, goes over. Right, and I think yeah. it, the tournament itself has other little drama. Like, like for example, uh, Mike's boy Wardlow, you know, yeah, how he's going to do I it. Know, I, yeah. And I think that, that Penta-Phoenix uh, match is going to be outstanding. And what yeah, are that's going to be that? all off the those two, I bet, those two I bet had they to give fight it, the other week. I bet, they give it, I bet they go with Penta and uh, Omega, because Penta, Penta and um, Omega wrestled it all in, and it was fucking out standing yeah i was there too yeah it was outstanding i was so that's when jericho came out afterwards right yeah that was awesome yep and i was sitting on the floor in the corner and um i was on the floor and jericho actually i was like third seed in from the aisle yeah and jericho came past me out of the like he jumped in the crowd to exit to back to the ramp and he just wasted uh, a Omega. garbage can right yep. next to me. Just, you know, just keeping it kayfabe, whole yep. way, boom, no, wasting was, it. Yep. Somebody had to clean that up, and I felt really bad. I almost picked up some garbage just because Jericho did it. Yep. Whatever. But it was so awesome. We didn't know who it was at first. Like, who is it? I was like, who the hell is it? And then it was like, well, you Jericho. could definitely tell it was him from uh, that, um, that belly for sure. Yeah, you know, first, you know, I got first, that unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> but at first, I was like, you had no clue. You're like, who is it? You know, that Mike's was great. Mike's over there picking up the body details. Yeah. I, so for this tournament, I can't wait to watch Penta and Ray Phoenix. I've, I was yeah, a great. big Lucha Ray Underground Phoenix. fan when that show was on. I, this oh, wow. match is just taking me back to that immediately. That's cool. And now you have the twist of them being a tag team. The fact that they are like publicly acknowledged as being brothers, they're the Lucha brothers. So yeah. that'll be a great match. But yeah, well, I'm in the same boat as you guys. This is going to be Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. I can't see All it the way. isn't. Yep. Um, although, I could also see it going down where, you know, it, it ends up being that way. But then somehow, either Kenny or Hangman win. Belt goes on one of them. Then somehow, either Kenny or Hangman, whoever hasn't won the tournament, ends up getting the first title shot. So, yeah. I, there's a lot of different ways they can go with this. Although, another option might be they might actually 
not go Kenny Hangman just to really throw a swerve at the fans and give someone else a good, like a shot. Um, and do you know how they could do that? They could have um, um, the Young Bucks get their receipt because remember they got knocked out of that tournament by uh, Hangman inexplicably cheating to like, or oh, interfering. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they'll come in and like cost him his match and walk out. That could, that, that's a good call. That's a, I, I can see that possibly happen. It's a hot take yeah. from Glendale. That's a good. That's a that's good booking right there, man. And then Big those time. guys form their own little, their own little elite clique again, like it was yeah. just those three for a while. I like yep. it. You know I the do... best thing about that that Penta match, uh, Charlie, is that um, you get to hear the uh, Lucha Bros Mexican twice, Two twice, yep, two times. in the ring. I love that song, dude. <laughs> I, I recently yeah. listened to the Death Triangle entrance music, and it's the oh. exact same song, but like five octaves lower. So if you know <laughs> the song, check out Death we, Triangle. Oh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for Pac to come back. Jeez. Oh, I know. Thanks, I know. COVID. Yeah. Well, speak, speaking of Pac, let's get right into our uh, uh, finishers. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk of, uh, about a bar that's very friendly to the show, Keep the Kayfabe, <laughs> and um, it is one of my favorite bars. It is a wrestling bar located in West Dallas. It's called The Drunk Uncle. On October 24th, it uh, was supposed to be Marty Janetti making a guest appearance at uh, the bar, pouring beer, and, you know, if you're listening to Keep the Kayfabe, you probably have a lot of wrestling knowledge. Um about Marty Jannetty, possibly he, let's just call it like it is. He did murder somebody and he openly admitted it. He said he did. He said he did. Yeah. Yeah. And it had to do with, you know, he was violated and stuff like that. I, you know, there was a lot of Marty Jannetty's a fucked up guy. Let's just put it that way. So it wouldn't be any surprise. Any other guest that would go to the drunk uncle in West Dallas. Um, The address is 1902 68th in Burnham. Um, it's on 68th street. It's my favorite bar had many, many, uh, great times there. They have over 40 taps, uh, of unbelievable beer on Saturdays. They do dollar IPAs. I mean, you can't get, you can't get lower prices in the Milwaukee County area than the drunk uncle slash it's a wrestling bar, but being a dirt ball that he is Marty Janetti will not be there probably for some reasons to do with the law to be quite honest with you, Most or he time. doesn't have enough money to get to Milwaukee. One of the two, I don't know, but they are substituting him with another hall of famer and a great, great guest. Um, do you guys have any guesses before I announce who the replacement is to Marty Janetti? Ooh, I really hope it's Greg the hammer Valentine because I would just lose it. Oh dude. I would risk COVID for sure. And <laughs> How right I have one. There. Is it, um, is it hacksaw Jim Duggan? All great guesses, boys. You're shake you're the, right in. Shake the steak. Very great guesses. Oh, uh, Jake doesn't it's, drink it's, anymore, though. It isn't a is wrestler. It, he is a manager. This oh, literally is mo- just. Is it the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart? Yep, I was going to say that. It is the mouth of the I South, was Jimmy say Hart. That. Yep. Is what? coming to yep, the drunk uncle. One. That's literally a good one. just literally just came over the wire right before the we wire. started recording the show. I just got the update. So this is live um, updates. Live the mouth breaking of the news. Salt, Jimmy Hart will be at the Drunk Uncle yeah, on October 24th on uh, this Saturday. He's going to be pouring beer. He's going to be signing autographs. He's going to be pouring beer. He's going to hopefully brings the megaphone. Oh, and he'll bring a great... it. That's his gimmick in the jacket. Dude, I actually went on eBay and just I search all the time like Jimmy Hart blazers airbrush blazers because i want to own one they got to be somewhere he's got like probably a thousand i just yeah, i, I do the are. exact same thing over lunch at work so yeah i totally understand where you're coming from <laughs> yeah. oh god any listener that has any kind of line on where you can find a jimmy hart blazer please let me know because i'm going to be out of town this weekend so if you want to meet the boys from the podcast again me myself mike will not be there because i'm going out of town but I really think y'all should go. The Drunk Uncle is one of the best bars in Milwaukee. Some of the best prices, best beer. It's a great fucking time. So please go in there, be safe, mask up, and uh, say what up to Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. 
And but, um, if you have a line on a Jimmy Hart jacket for Mike, oh my you can God. hit us That's up hit on Instagram yeah. at Keep the Kayfabe. Yeah, because that because um, we did get money for me to read that, so I'm gonna put that right towards the blazer, so you can, um, yeah, for sure. Anyway, but we were talking about Pac just before we had our first ad read for the show. Um, he and we're talking about greatest finishers of all time. And um, a great finisher is a lot of people, or Chris Jericho says something that you can hit at any time from out of nowhere and should be devastating, should end, uh, end the match. But lots of times we don't see that as much anymore. It's yeah. kind of um, dissolved as far as um, their effectiveness. We're just going to go over our favorites over the years. So, some that look the best, some that are the most effective, some that come out of nowhere. And I really like... Uh, the company that I'm sitting here with to talk some of the best finishers of all time, but I probably already hinted who I'm going to lead off with. This was going to be my dark horse one, but Neville now Pac, that red arrow off the top rope. Uh, it's hard to describe. I watch it in slow-mo all the time. He's on the top rope. He does like a, a, not all the time. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for all the, all calling the my bullshit there. That's hilarious. All the time. Every night before. I, I like right before it. Right before it. I look for Jimmy Hart Blazers, I watch a red arrow just just before I go to sleep. He, he, down. he just yep. did one right now. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's like a corkscrew backflip. Yeah, I can't believe he, hit, he hits it on like a regular basis because it's and super perfectly. technical. Yeah, it's it's just it that's what blows my mind about it as a finisher. It's like a finisher you should it's something you should be able to hit every night like your signature move. That has so much margin for error. Plus you can get hurt so bad. I mean, we just saw with Aldus like the dude just slipped right off the top rope. Uh was it Aldus or No, it was uh, it up. Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean if the ropes are a little sweaty I mean, you could risk major injury trying to pull this thing off. So the Red Arrow, very impressive. I've seen him capitalize on it more times than fail. So hats off to Neville for pulling that uh, bad boy out. But, yeah, what do you guys got for some of your favorite finishers? Yeah. Um, So speaking of doing crazy things off the top rope, uh, when we first decided that we were going to talk about finishers tonight, the first thing that came to mind um, is a move that I'm sure someone else on the podcast is going to name. However, uh, sitting here about to name it, I actually just thought of a similar yet, in my mind, even better move, and that's the Eclipse by Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's sort of like a, I almost want to describe it as like a corkscrew front flip off the top rope into a stunner. It, it's yeah, by far like probably one of the most unique It is very good. Wrestling. Yes. I haven't seen anyone else do it, and I feel like this day and age, there's a lot of wrestlers who like to borrow finishers, either from the past or from other promotions, things like that, but I've yet to see anyone do the clips kind of like how Ember Moon does it. Great pick, Matt. I awesome mean, I love choice. seeing the, the concentration on her face as she like contorts her body to execute it. It's a very big team effort, too, to have that go off um, – you know, effectively. So yep. really like that pick a lot. I'd like to pick one that if anybody who knows me, maybe won't be surprised by I'm taking the move that others have imitated and not nearly as well. The diamond cutter. Oh, I God. knew it. I, the, knew uh, Steve I mean, I should have known, known. Yeah. It's so freaking good. I mean, and like, yeah, like, like the beauty of it was that out of nowhere facet, like just no matter how the match was going, like he could, hit that game over. And I think Goldberg was like the first person to kick out of it. So, I mean, he went a good run of like nobody kicking out of it, which is also a sign of a good finisher. And then he would start doing variations where he'd be like on the ropes or he'd be like a, he'd he'd turn it into a counter move. So it it was like truly that, I mean, it's why the vastly inferior Randy Orton copied it with his RKO. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, Steve, you 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 didn't mention whose move it was. It's Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, yes. Yeah. How oh, could I, I forget? One of my all-time favorites. Yep. yep. But, if, yeah, if just If the... you don't know that, you shouldn't be listening to the podcast. That's exactly. right. You can, you can go that. You can go listen to um, some other podcast. I can't yep. think of one. Of I, I, guys, I don't know, though. I'd actually argue maybe they should listen to this podcast. They could learn a thing or two. From they us. could learn. True. Yeah. True. DDP. Yeah. DDP, we'll my anybody. favorite wrestler of all time. 
Yeah, and such great symmetry too between a wrestler's name plus a finisher. And, you know, like cutting a diamond is, you know, one of the hardest things. Works on so many levels. Such great marketing, such great booking, such great yeah. everything about that. I know, so that's I know, great pick, Steve. And I know Charlie's going to pick the pedigree. No, one of my all-time <laughs> greats. I'm going to have to – one of my all-time great pedigree. One of my all-time – one of my all – that is a good move, though. It's, um, one of my all-time moves would be the, by one of the greatest of all time. I've had a 15-year run. <laughs> The AA, the attitude adjustment from John Cena. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I um, no, but um, this is smart ass. But the but one what's that, better, um, the five knuckle shuffle or the? I was AA. trying to take that, yeah, but he, yeah, he finished guys. With, the five knuckle shuffle was his. Um, oh my god! Close Set to going up. home move. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh the uh, kind of like in the vein of um, you said DDP could hit it anywhere, and when he hit it, it was over. And it's overused today, and people kick out of it like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's Jake the Snakes. Uh, what, I just forgot now. DDP, DDT, DDT, DDT. Yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, the DDT. When he slapped that thing, and he'd slap it on so quick, it'd be over, dude. It was, yeah. it, was it was so totally. quick and so slick, dude. It's a and he would hurt move. people too. Like literally, make their head go on cement, or like if you he hit it, it, like so, he could do it. He did it really well. I don't know if he hurt guys, time. but. But he made it look like he hurt guys. Yeah, I, uh, old school. I used to such like a great move. Mimicking yeah, pro wrestling moves with my friends when I was younger, and I remember one time uh, being the recipient of a DDT on the basement floor. Ooh, oh, that's good. Obviously, we that, didn't know, you know, about protecting yeah. each other and things like yeah. that. And it was one of those two where it wasn't. It wasn't like a. Uh, like a Dean Ambrose Dirty Deeds DDT where, you know, you kind of smack your forehead. It was like the somersault style DDT where you land on the top of your head and just kind of continue to roll yeah, yeah. And there was a good five seconds where after taking that move, I just kind of laid there and couldn't even move. It was this really oh. scary feeling. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, seriously fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And one of those moves where if you took that in real life and if you do take it in real life, you'll definitely get messed up for sure. Big time. Oh Yeah. Did you have a goose egg after that on your forehead? I did not. I l- thankfully I landed right on the top of my head, so it was just Damn. sort of a more of a I think I'm paralyzed feeling than a ouch not, yeah, feeling. Not Oof. a lot of swelling on the top of the head. Yeah, I de- it definitely still wasn't a pleasant feeling, but I yeah, thankfully that. no marks after the fact. Great pick on that. Uh, sticking with a little bit of old school, um, I hinted at it. Mike? Oh, you're, oh, you're going oh I did okay. the Red Arrow first. Oh, the but, Red Arrow, um, yeah, yeah. But um, I mentioned it last uh, past episode, the Razor's Edge. I love, nice. I love that. Move I love so that much. move. So great. I love that. We brought, yep. it up, we brought it up when Damian Priest has kind of been bringing it back a little bit. And yep. um, But when I – I mean, I was a huge Razor Ramon fan. I mean, in our intro music, we Same, used yeah. the cars – this, the car screech for a reason. Every time I heard that car screech, when I would be watching on Saturday mornings, and he would come out, you know, great music. I freaking love that music. He had the yep. look. I mean, yep. he re- usually wrestle like maybe like a stomp match on, you know, I, I wasn't getting the pay per views, but um, you know, he would, yeah. he would be out there for three, four minutes, but it was a guarantee that I would see this finisher. Yep. Um, you know, he would put the guy between his legs, he put his arms out, super simple. You knew yep. it was coming, but you put him up like um, he's being crucified on a cross, yep. and then you just bring him straight down. down as I hit my chandelier above my head doing the uh, imitation of that. But, man, I Kids freaking don't try love that move. Exactly. Oh, man. So my niece, my niece and nephew, I'm kind of, like, inserting my love of wrestling onto them, and I'm, like, teaching them how to do, like, cross body blocks and figure four leg locks and stuff like that. Figure four, and Lord. their favorite move is the razor's edge. She's like, nice. do the razor's edge. So I put them up, you know, because you go nice. up so high with it. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. Down. So they got a trampoline outside. I'm real bring careful. Them bring them down just gently. Don't, just, exactly. just don't take a page out of Marty Giannetti's book and don't put them through a glass window. <laughs> oh. God, I'm really excited uh, for uh, the Mouth of the South, though, to be at the Drunk Uncle. October 24th, this yeah, Saturday, baby. people. Go, go. Uh, 
Remember we saw him at All Out, Steve? Yeah, he wasn't really in a conversational him, mood. He yeah, was checking into the hotel. In. Yeah, checking yeah. in. Came in real fast, was quiet. Just want, we, wanted to get in and do his thing and get out of there. We said hi to him, and he, he didn't he, – he no-sold us. <laughs> he just gave us like a heads up and kept moving. Yeah. Well, yeah, for the, think about it, though. I mean, the guy has managed so many people over the course of his oh, life. Yeah. And there's so many different – stupid wrestling fans they'll yeah you don't like, man, you're so used man what yeah. what was it like to oh, to manage uh who's like the biggest jobber that he managed would you say like uh fuck i, I can't have to look it up who, yeah he so managed much. a lot of great yeah, people but also some goofballs. like dumb people too so i mean he probably just gets question after question all the time and he's probably like can i just uh eat my spaghetti dinner Real quietly, please. Like he doesn't <laughs> want to get bother that Maggiano's. That was a really Olive good Garden call. guy. Thank you. Well, did you see him? Like the one time that I watched Swerve on the WWE Network, that prank Swerve. show that's kind of like yeah. Them, they made Jimmy Hart sit in the studio for this um, interview, and they made people like the the reporter like have a stomach problem, and she like kept farting and like doing <laughs> these noises. And uh, like he was like really soft spoken, like like she would do it, and then you'd be like, "Oh, well, take your time, baby. It's okay." Like, <laughs> gentlemen, like it's okay. Like he didn't acknowledge like he heard it. Like yeah, total southern gentleman, like nice, nice attractive female interviewer. He's like, you know, uh, just take your time. If you need to get out, no problem. I well, I hate to interrupt you, Mike, but I'm pretty sure Charlie just found who the biggest jobber w- it was. Oh no, I just oh, dude, I just. It's now time for Charlie's corner. Here we go, Charlie. Uh, we have a new update. Let it go, Kate baby. Eatley just did the job to Braun Strowman. One, two, three, in the middle of the ring. Keith Lee's push is officially over. He's Looking just, up at the lights. He just did the job. And now he's a, oh, he just, uh, maybe he's making him, he just, he just low, he just kicked Braun and Braun in the low stop. So maybe they're turning him heel, but he, it's over now, dude. To, he's, today, it's over. Tonight's Will Hobbs Looking Up at the Lights Award goes to yep, yep. Keith Lee. The, the other Will Hobbs, the bigger version of Will Hobbs. <laughs> this has been Charlie's Corner. I guess they're turning him heel, it looks like, but boy, what a. What a waste. Yeah, the same night what that Retribution taps I hope, out. I hope he saves his money. That's all I got to say. At least, he's, at least he's getting paid. At least he's hopefully he saves yeah. his money because he's, he's never, he's never going to have a title run. Well, you know who got paid for his finisher? Stone Who's Cold that? Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's one of my Stunner. favorites of Probably all time. Probably the, the yep. best finisher of all time. One that could hit on yep. out of nowhere. One that I gave to many people in high school in the hallways. Oh, yeah. and, and the rock just, and the and the rock bottom in the bars. I used to give it to guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also was on my list the rock bottom for sure. Yep. Yeah. The one that I gave in bars the most though was the rack. Lex Luger's the rack. Nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Would wow. put people up in the rack all the time. Get drunk. Put him up in the rack and just give it to him. Nice. Yeah. Another one that was great that wasn't a finisher. Um, that that you know was a super kick, man. If you go back, oh from, god, even back the before origi- it was done, yeah, yeah, even even from the original gentleman Chris Adams. That's right, Chris Adams yep. kind yep. of brought it here. Yeah, right, he was the first one. Yep, god Sean, rest his soul. Sean took it and made it bigger, but yeah, it was gentleman Sweet Chris Adams. Music. Yep. Now everybody does it in every single yep. match on every oh night. My God. <laughs> like Gargano. I like the Bucks do it though. The Bucks do it pretty. Yeah. We get those yeah. stereo super kicks. Yeah. Gargano almost, probably yeah. takes more super kicks than anybody out of anybody yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. If I those were actually Johnny, connecting. Every Johnny Gargano match, he has a bloody lip. I swear. If you go back and just watch all his matches, at some point in the match, he'll have a fat lip. Yeah. Really? Um, so speaking of finishing moves from the nineties, since Mike, you were on just a tear there for a second, Mm. I, I feel remiss if we didn't, uh, at least mention the people's elbow. And I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's classic. dude. Yeah. That's classic. That's that's it. Definitely wasn't a move out of nowhere, but it was one of those moves where all the rock would have to do is slam a person in the ring, kick their arm over and then just look up at the crowd. And the moment you look at the crowd, the whole place would come alive. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
It had everything. And think about how many, like, unbelievable lucky fans there are out there that have the privilege to have Dwayne The Rock Johnson's elbow pad to catch it. You know how many fights probably broke out in the crowd because of that? Oh, that oh yeah. that rocked on that pad. When yeah. he threw the elbow pad in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so fun that to watch awesome. at WrestleMania, like a big pay-per-view, and people just like, like a foul ball in the World Series, basically. I feel like you could have like a people's elbow challenge. Like if you catch the Rock's elbow pad in the crowd and have to fight someone over it, you have to give the other guy the people's elbow to keep it. But that also means you have to then throw it to someone else, and it just—it's a never-ending keeps going action of people's elbows. Another cool great. thing. Another cool thing I like when he did that move. He'd always kick the guy's arm yeah. in, so he wouldn't. Yeah, fall, very good. Fall, he wouldn't break it. That was always pretty good too. It had it all. It really yeah, had it, it all. It had it all. The I pop, mean, everybody, the everybody in the arena where you sat could see it perfectly because it was right yep. in the middle of the ring. I yep. mean, it, it was perfect. It was right on the hard cam. Brilliant yep. move. Great call, great, Matt. Great people's move. Elbow. Um, I, now, I mentioned the people's elbow, and I, I hate to double dip here, but I – I feel like that was almost a gimme. So in the interest of going for a more deep cut from the 90s, and also as a throwback to last week's episode, episode nine, if you haven't listened to it, check it out on Spotify. My boy, Val Venus, had one of the best splashes out there. Only he didn't just call it a splash. It was the money shot. Yeah. I'll tell you one. Here's another good one from, I guess, yeah, I guess it's from the 90s. A tag team move. The 3D by the Dallas. Oh, nice. The 3D was on my list, was Charlie. the shit, dude. Yep. Damn it, Charlie. I was going to bust that <laughs> one off, but you beat me to it, baby. No, it's yep. good. I'm glad. Yep. I'm glad we're on the same page here. That was one of yep. the first tag team finishers, at least I can remember, really sticking out in my mind. I mean, obviously, I'm sure there were others, but that was just oh, yeah. a great joint maneuver between two guys. Yep. Yeah. I think when it's cool for modern I will let's do that one quick hog at a time. The Meltzer driver is kind of cool, too, dude. I love that move. <laughs> well, the 3D, you could also incorporate the table as well. So it oh, was yeah. like versatile. That's right. How, how hard move, someone would suffer in it yep. as well. Sometimes a couple tables, sometimes out of the ring. Like it was Sometimes 70-year-old women. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> True that. Throw in a legendary move that uh, those of you, well, the people listening can't see video, but a uh, nod to my hat here. But the, uh, how about the Ooh, Macho yeah. Man's elbow? That elbow, that thing was great. That elbow, bro. I mean, you didn't that see as much. Great. You didn't that see as great. much high flying in the 80s. And, and he, he just, was just boom, the height he got in that thing. Yeah, it looked yeah. so good. It looked yeah. so good. And just a reminder if you guys don't know either, Hell in the Cell is this Sunday, so make sure you don't miss it. Free trial oh, with the WWE the Network. Yeah, we don't get paid by the WWE <laughs> Network, but free yeah. trial. Well, if you yeah. if I want to put it over somehow, all I'll say is it can't be any worse than last year. If you want a, right. if you want a useless paper, oh, make sure wait, was that with the lighting? Wait, what was last year's? Refresh well, our last memory. Year, last year was the one where Rollins it was and all red lighting. Head, head in the oh, center. the match. Oh, God. And, and the yeah. show went off the air shits. with the crowd chanting AEW. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Maybe I won't. Yeah, watch that was it. a tough look. That's, that's good. Maybe I won't watch it this year. <laughs> I'm gonna reminder. get us back on the rails here, though, <laughs> with the um, getting with the elbows. Kari Sane, my oh, uh, pirate princess, the fl- the insane flying elbow off the top rope is still one of the coolest finishers. I think you know, not just because it's a done by a female wrestler. It's so cool the way she makes it look. Her heels are like above her body and she just drops that thing perfectly. Yep. Yeah. She gives I'm so it happy we got to has. see it live. Yeah. Yep. That's a badass move. Yeah. For sure. I was, I'm, I was so pumped about it that I actually bought a Kari same pirate hat. I remember that. Having, yeah. You know, a quite a number of drinks um, at the a bar sucker. before we saw NXT house show. And yep. I was like, this is a great deal. I think I announced that. I was like, it was 10 bucks. Yeah. That actually isn't bad. To, like, that the is whole a great crowd. deal. And we were front row. That we was remember, front row ringside. I remember, I remember going up to the, that hat. I remember going to the merch stand right before that. And I think that was around the time when the Velveteen Dream was in the main event picture as well. With yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, Mike, I don't know if it was you or my girlfriend Becky, but or it may have been both of you ended up buying Velveteen Dream I t-shirts. I bought it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which is unfortunate given the state of 
his career and personal issues he has going on right now. But I kept it on the hanger for a while. I didn't wear it out for a long time, but now that he's kind of coming back, I only wear it when I go to the grocery store and that's about it. <laughs> Nobody knows him. Nobody knows. Right. Who else has um, an awesome finisher? Um, I got one and it was used by two legends. Um, the Scorpion Deathlock slash short, Sharpshooter. Um, yep. I go with the I Scorpion Deathlock because, yeah. I was hoping we'd get some submission uh, finishers yeah. in here, too. But Sting and Bret Hart, kind of overlapping periods of time, put a mini foe away with uh, with that finisher. And I just, you know, it's yeah, it just, you know, it's actually a pretty simple move. I, I mean, yep. it was the first uh, little, little uh, personal note. I remember my older brother and I used to wrestle a lot. And I could, you know, use four or five years older than me and I could never beat him but somehow I got him in the Scorpio Deathlock once and I would not let go and I made him tap out and that was oh like yeah a big, a big crowning victory for me oh yeah <laughs> I can relate to that because uh I mean I talked about it in our first episode when me and my buddy used to wrestle on the trampoline and he was like six inches taller than me so he was doing choke slams and tombstone pile drivers I was doing Boston crabs and yeah. shooter and uh um scorpion deathlock were like my go-tos and i would you know wrench it back a little bit you know yeah it's a great move because you know to get the crowd like into like oh my god like how long is he gonna be in it like it's a yep. good way to like give the wrestlers a little rest but also like can he get to the ropes can he can he reverse it you know like it's a i love it it's it builds the drama it heightens and how drama. many and how many moves can you say made hulk hogan tap out true that I mean, like other than that one how many how many times did he tap out in his career actually <laughs> i don't even think i've seen him tap out to be quite honest he tapped out, yeah, he tapped out to the have. scorpion deathlock his thing at starcade damn Woo! but how many t- was that it that was probably one what of the year only was that well that was what? 97 or like 98 when like the height of wcw when we'll sting- have our intern We'll have our intern yeah when, 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 he, when the whole culmination of his crow gimmick and that was his first match back and he won the title from Hogan. Nice, man. Well, another uh, finisher that I was on the receiving end a lot of on that trampoline was the Pearl River Plunge. Ahmed Johnson. That oh. was a that was a fun that was a fun finisher that he had. You must too bad the rest of it. Game. Too bad the rest of him sucked. Exactly. But I, but I mean, he would, you know, he would start kind of like in the pedigree razor's edge, uh, starting position between the legs. And then you'd be doing a power, power bomb, but instead of, you know, just throwing you down like a, like a jackknife, shout out diesel, uh, he would sit down too. So yeah, it's highly effective. Bomb. Um, yeah, since you guys, I mean, the razor's edge, I guess they're all variations of it, but I mean, I had on my list, but I kind of held off on it because I feel like we touched on it. But Sid, Sid Vicious's power bomb to me was, I think, the first time I really saw the power bomb. Now lots yeah. of people do it, but the yeah. first time he was doing that, I was like, "Holy shit, that's a move!" It was extremely reckless. Yeah. Yep. And I shout think. out WrestleBotch on Instagram for uh, Psycho Sid. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great right. Yeah. WrestleBotch memes. Yep. Our fi- yeah. my favorite Instagram follow and friend of Keith yeah. the Kayfabe. I'd say a move who they won't let him do it. Um, uh, Kevin Steen or Owens or I go by Steen still. When he mm-hmm. did his um, package, when he ring around, he did his package pile driver. Oh yeah, it's the shit. Oh yeah, it's, it's the shit, dude. It's it's a badass finishing move. He he hit he hit that thing really nice. Was I tell you one too. I just, well, sorry, I was just going to ask: Is it kind of similar to how like Penta does it in AEW, where you wrap the arms up, legs are kind of scrunched in? It, Penta, yep. Pentagon does it a lot on the apron. I yep, know. yeah, yeah. It's pretty much kind of like the that. hardest pretty, part of the ring. I heard that as before. we all know. I'll tell you another one too from a modern guy that they don't let him do much. The Styles Clash was the, was oh, the bomb such too, a great dude. Move. That's a great move, dude. Yeah, Very one, innovative. That one is actually yep. on my list, and and. To oh, nice! With, to keep going with the AJ Styles theme, and Mike, I know you had looked for more submission moves. The calf crusher that AJ Styles does is kind of a yep. finishing move. Oh, yeah. You see that a lot. Um, I really like the way he transitions into it, too. It's almost like you'll see them tumble around, and all of a sudden the other guy's in the calf crusher. So shout out to AJ Styles for coming up with some pretty original moves. Well, it's here's hard. A, a submission move you guys didn't even think of. Oh, you guys probably, probably thought of it, but haven't said it yet. 
the walls of Jericho. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Especially yeah. when he used to, like, he doesn't even do it that way anymore. No. When he first started, no. it was yeah. like a standing. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And it was like sideways. Like, you yeah, get like, oh, twist, the shoulder. The He's just yeah. like crushing his collarbone. Yeah. It was like the walls of Jericho. Yeah. Uh, it's harder. He's not he's not big enough. I mean his belly yeah. like it's hard for him to twist with that honey baked ham. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to just sit down at this point. Yeah. Speaking of sitting down, this was a devastating finisher. And um I was watching a lot of Yokozuna matches lately on the network. The Bonsai freaking Yeah, dude. <laughs> he, he had a nice that run. Fi- dude, that finisher was scary. Can you imagine that dude? putting the finisher the bonsai drop on you like no i I would not i don't know how he did it all the time i mean there's on wrestlebots you can even go back and um they have botched uh bonsai drops i mean okay so people who don't know yokozuna i guess uh he's a samoan guy but they build him as a wrestler from japan yes hawaiian And he would go on the second turnbuckle and like really bounce up and down and just bring his 500 pound huge ass and crush the people's sternum. I mean, it scares me to this day, even oh, when yeah. I see it. But as a little kid, I'm like, holy shit! Like, who's gonna beat this guy? Who's gonna yeah? He had a nice, you know, he had a nice little run there. Like, where he, was it two time champ or one time? Yeah, he's. I think it was at least two. I mean, him and Brett, the Hitman Hart, had a good few going. Lex Luger had a good few. Lex going. Luger, yeah. When they on were the network make Lex right the now. Next big thing. On the network right now, they have the greatest of um, Yokozuna, and I actually, <laughs> you know, I wanted to take a nap, so I just. <laughs> so you, must have a lot, you must have had a lot of free time, bro. <laughs> so I threw it on. I threw it on, and he's actually a better wrestler. Than oh yeah. You really give him credit for. Yeah. He would do some pretty pretty great moves as far well, as like suplexes go for a big this, guy this goes back to what we were talking about earlier i mean offline um cornet but he had a little deal talking about how good oh. you know, yoko was you know for being five he's pretty athletic and can move yeah. good for a 500 pound guy you know another guy since we're totally on that topic of right down to sumo wrestlers like that that um earthquake like, yep. you know, he didn't, he didn't have much of a look. He just was kind of a big dude. But that dude right. had a really interesting career. And, like, I mean, sadly, he died yeah. very young. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if you ever get – since yep. I always seem to be doing this, uh, go back in the archives of uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and he has a whole episode on, on uh, Earthquake. And it's just – yeah, right. it's like – and he was a buddy of Hogan's. He obviously, that's how he got in there. But, uh, yep. yeah, that dude was, like, a legit sumo wrestler. And he uh, – yeah. Yeah. They were awesome. propping him up for a while. And he Speaking was talented. Of, though, yeah, of another good big man who had a killer finishing move, Big Van Vader's Moonsault. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love that. Vader. Love that pick. Vader's, that was Vader's awesome. the best. Yep. Rest in peace, Leon. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Still, Leon White. One of, my, yep. one of my absolute favorite big men. Him and, him yep. and um, Kamala. Oh, man. So oh, okay, great. to tie all this together, yeah. um, Bring it home. another obvious pick and I say obvious because I seem to go for some of the biggest stars. Um, Goldberg's jackhammer to me was always. That was well done. It was a well done movie. It was well done. Yeah, it was well done. But I mention it because on last week's episode, Steve, uh, we talked a lot about underrated wrestlers and you had mentioned Lord Steven Regal. Yes. Did you watch it? His most memorable matches was against Goldberg. So since last week, I I watched the match it's probably one of the clumsier matches. Yep, totally. But it's yep. interesting because as clumsy as it is, it's not at the same time. Like if you were to get into a real wrestling match with somebody. That's what he was be, doing. That's yep. pretty much how it would look. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you watch it, it's almost like a shoot. And it, it, and it, it is, is a in shoot. a lot of ways. Yep. But, but it really brings to light Steven Regal's wrestling acumen. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, but it's interesting, yeah. too, because the crowd is kind of in – doesn't really know what to make of it sort of like how i didn't when i was watching it but the moment goldberg hits a spear and the crowd knows what's coming next they just come alive and then you get yeah. the jackhammer to finish off the match and it did look it was a really cool looking move i've mentioned this a lot of times before but i was a huge wwe mark growing up mm-hmm. but i did know goldberg i knew the jackhammer i knew it was cool so that was my exposure to wcw so yeah the jackhammer that was a great yes. move. And uh, you guys will be excited to know the rumor is that Goldberg's coming back for another mini run with WWE. Yeah. 
Her See, Charlie, Charlie, I think Charlie just became emotional from that. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emotionally upset, dude. Yeah. Mostly not watching, going to keep my, uh, Matt, not Matt, watching Matt we show. saw, we saw the Jackhammer live at Payback. That was we, the first isn't that time when he won the title? Goldberg. Yeah. So, so Mike and I had seats in the rafters for, I think it was Fastlane 2017. Oh yeah. Not Fastlane. Fastlane. That was Fastlane. Yep. Yep. And it was, wow. it was Goldberg. So Kevin Owens was the universal champion at the time. And yep. he went up against Goldberg. The whole match was basically Kevin Owens yep. pacing outside the ring for five yep. minutes. Yep. Jericho's music hits. He gets distracted. Goldberg hits him, pins him. There's well, the they fucked up. They fucked up. They played Chris Jericho's music before the match even happened. Like they put his graphic up on the screen because the big surprise was going to be Chris Jericho is here tonight. <laughs> like, so the crowd already knew. Like they messed it, it up. Was coming, it was coming. Yeah, it was a huge botch. I don't think it happened on TV, but like in the crowd for sure. I saw it. Yeah, but that was my first time seeing Goldberg live, and I'm happy I did because I've always loved the intro and everything. So yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, I definitely feel lucky we were able to see that. Shout. Nice. Well. I think that was a great episode, boys. The only uh, last uh, finisher that I have on my list here is the one-winged angel from Kenny yep. Omega. That's yeah, a cool that one too. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't just work that in uh, real quick before we ended the show. Um, love that move. Knee, uh, yeah, I like his knee strikes better though. Man, that was yeah. so real, dude. Well, what about the yeah. Bailey to belly? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not well, a good move. And you know, Steve, now that you mentioned that, we totally forgot about the bank statement too. If you want to talk about yeah. finishing submissions, I don't like mind that the bank statement. Legitimately, is it's, a yeah, great it's on a list. It's on yeah. a list. I saw. It's listed as one of the best finishers. Very devastating. Very devastating. <laughs> or or Greg Greg the Hammer Valentine's figure four leg lock. I mean, much more success than uh, Ric Flair's. Nobody Can we get our better. we need to get our intern on whether or not he does take off a knee brace uh to do this. No, he twisted it. Yeah, he would twist it so that it would add more leverage. Oh man. And our and, interns are slacking. And always to work as you guys always work in at Greg the Hammer. I when I was Googling Jimmy Hart, he was Greg the Hammer's Valentine's manager. Yeah, when it was time. Rhythm and Blues, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he yeah. dyed his hair black. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you can find that on Keep the Kayfabe's Instagram. So follow us on Keep the Kayfabe on Instagram as well on Spotify. And he kept his bl- hair black longer than Cody. So mm-hmm. <laughs> matches the drapes. What? <laughs> matches the drapes. Wait, what? <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us this week. Oh, oh yeah. Well, cut, cut the mic. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> cut his mic. Thank you very much for listening again to Keep the Kayfabe, going over our favorite finishers over spanning decades and great promotions, great wrestlers, and great times. Make sure you go to the Drunk Uncle this Saturday and say what up to Jimmy Hart and just see uh, if the rug matched the drapes for the drink of the time. I'm just kidding. Never mind. All right, we, be- we better go. It's time. We just made it